When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to Story Story Podcast. I am today's part-time host, Simon Brooks, and I have some great stories for you on this episode. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world, and it will take you to long ago and far, far away, and bring you back safely. Today it was cold. I mean, really cold. I've recently been to California and Florida to work, but they don't know how cold it is. I'm talking about 9 degrees Fahrenheit, or as my brother says, in real money, minus 13 degrees Celsius. And it does get a lot colder here too. Well, I cannot take Mo out for long walks on days like that in case her ears or tail gets frostbite. We usually go to our spot in the woods, but instead of a two-mile walk, we do a half-mile run in and out, and then head home to the warm fire. After Mo had a snack and I had my hot chocolate with a McVitie's digestive, I woke my son. He was still home from college after giving my hot chocolate to him and making myself another. In his room, we talked about what his next semester was going to look like at college. Mo was curled up in Aiden's beanbag sleeping, and Aiden was sitting up in bed. Although his room is not hot by any means, he was shirtless. I could not sit up without covers on or a jammy top in his room. Kids really don't feel the cold. He pointed at my arm. My shirt sleeves were rolled up, and Aiden was squinting at my fox tattoo on my forearm. I looked down and couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. I pulled my glasses from my top pocket, put them on my face, and looked again. The fox, which sat on my forearm, was standing and walking down my arm to my wrist. It jumped off my arm onto the chair, from the chair to Aiden's bed, and walked up to where Aiden sat. It yipped a couple of times, and I saw Aiden's tattoo of a polar bear high on his shoulder look down at the fox and start walking down his arm. The fox yipped more and jumped up and down. Here comes the judge, here comes the judge. But this judge is not from Rowan and Martin's laughing, but Oka, the judge from Japan. We have two Oka stories, the first coming from Anne Shimojima. I met Anne briefly at the Jonesboro National Festival last year, and she is a delightful woman and a wonderful storyteller. Her soft voice lulls you into the story of Oka, the judge. Now there once lived a judge who was so wise, so clever, that stories about him spread throughout the entire countryside. His name was Oka, Tarasuke Oka. He never turned down any case, no matter how impossible it seemed. For instance, there was the case of the stolen smell. A student was so poor, he could barely afford food to eat. Sometimes, He could only buy plain white rice, and it was getting very boring to eat plain white rice every day. But he lived next door to a little shop 
that's sold tempura. This is a Japanese fried food. You take shrimp or vegetables, dip them in a thick batter, and fry them in hot oil. When the shopkeeper would cook his tempura, the good smell would spread through the air to the student's building. Sometimes the student would take his bowl of rice and stand next to the door of the shop, breathe in that good smell, and eat his rice at the same time. One day, the shopkeeper looked up and saw the student enjoying the smell of his food. Now, the shopkeeper was a greedy man. He always thought people were trying to cheat him. He walked outside and said, Hey, what are you doing? The student said, I am only enjoying the smell of your food. It makes my rice so much tastier. The shopkeeper was furious. He said, And you're not paying me. You are stealing the smell of my food. Pay me now. The student was aghast. Pay you for the smell of your food? Don't be ridiculous. And he refused. Well, the shopkeeper was so angry, he went straight to the court of Ooko the judge. To everyone's surprise, the judge agreed to hear the case. The man thinks he has a legitimate complaint. We must hear it out. So the next day, the student and the shopkeeper went before the judge. Each man told his side of the story, and the judge listened and thought carefully. Then he said, Well, it's clear. The smell of the food did belong to the shopkeeper, and the student did enjoy it. Therefore, there is a debt that must be paid. The student was horrified. He didn't have spare money for a fine. The judge said to the student, How much money do you have? Oh, Your Honor, I only have a few small coins. Good, said the judge. Let's see the money. The student held out his small coin purse. Excellent, said the judge. Now, I want you to shake the coin purse. And everyone in the courtroom listened to the sound of the coins clinking. Good, said the judge. The debt has been paid. For the price of the smell of food is the sound of money. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Wolf Wigs and Fine Winter Fashion Shop. Owned and run by Hunter Hunter and the Three Pigs, Wolf Wigs and Fine Winter Fashion Shop has been running successfully for over 30 years. You've heard of Wolf in Sheep's Clothing? Well, now you can be the sheep in Wolf's Clothing. Tired of being picked on or intimidated? Then get your wolf on, your wolf's outfit that is, and give your adversary a scare. Lost your hair? Then get a wolf wig, comes in all colours and styles. And wolf fur is so warm, even for those who feel the cold always will soon heat up to this legendary wolf fleece. Finding that your invisibility cloak isn't keeping out the cold? Make the switch to wolf wear today. From fur hats to wigs, to wolf socks and booties, wolf wigs and fine winter fashion shop supplies, to dukes, duchesses, lords, ladies, kings and queens, a budget for all. So if you live in a shoe, or a cosy cottage, or a palace, there is something for you here. Remember, when wearing wolf's clothing there are some occasions when you can make a chump out of yourself. See Aesop's Donkey and Lion's clothing for further warning. Thanks, Sarah Dennis. We love you. We love you, Sarah Dennis. We love you. Thanks for becoming a patron. We love you. We love you. We love you, Sarah Dennis. Did I say it enough now? 
There will be treats for you. Oh, Rachel, Rachel, Sarah Dennis is a patron. You need to send her something good, okay? All right. The tattoo of the bear took no time in jumping off Aiden's arm onto the bed. Now, polar bears are known for being solitary animals and can be very aggressive, beep, beep, aggressive. Aiden pulled back in surprise and I leapt forward to grab my fox tattoo to stop him from being eaten. The bear's claws plucked at the sheet and put a small hole in it, but then the bear dipped its head and legs down in a playful position. I stayed my hand next to the fox to see what might happen, ready to rescue if needed. The fox jumped up and ran in a circle, and then dropped down to mirror the look of downward dog bear, jumped up again and ran down the bed. Aiden's bed is a futon on the floor of the bedroom, so the fox and bear did not have to jump down far, although the bear clambered down the quilt away before leaping. The fox led the way to the Legos on Aiden's shelf. He has two great bookshelves, one with books, the other covered in very cool and some very large Lego vehicles. The fox jumped onto the second shelf from the bottom and climbed into a Batmobile. The engine, which neither Aiden nor I knew about, started and it raced down the shelf and leapt off the shelf and onto the carpet. The bear, leaving claw marks up the side of the bookshelf as it climbed, eventually squeezed into Aiden's Lego Star Wars Land Speeder and took off after the fox. Aiden grabbed his phone that had not been charging overnight and was dead, otherwise there would be a film of this on YouTube by now. My phone was downstairs on the kitchen counter and I wanted to see what would happen next. The fox and bear played together, chasing around Aiden's room until Miley McGonagall, Eminem, Cyrus Brooks, my daughter's cat, pushed into the room. She squatted down and growled, the hair on her spiking out so she looked like a fluffy lavatory brush. And then she leapt at the fox in the Batmobile. I grabbed the vehicle just as the cat's claws came down. The bear and the land speeder sped up onto the safety of Aiden's bed, the cat speeding after it. Mo woke up and started barking, and then the timer went off for the bread I was baking. I looked at the Batmobile as I went to put it back on the shelf and noticed the engine was off and my fox tattoo was back on my forearm, as if nothing had happened. I looked over at Aiden and saw his bear tattoo on his shoulder once more. His arm stretched out, holding the land speeder, and his other hand holding Miley down on the bed. My son and I looked at each other, perplexed, as Moe settled down. After I put the Legos back, we both poked the tattoos. But they were just... Well, tattoos, ink on skin, unmoving. Miley purred as Aiden tickled her ears. Mo stopped barking and followed me downstairs to take the bread out of the oven. It didn't burn, it was fine. We didn't spend that much time poking each other. Once the bread had cooled enough, I cut a couple of very thick slices and let lashings of butter melt into each slice for Aiden and I to have for elevenses. If you know anyone else who has had a tattoo come to life, I would love to know about it. Harvey Helbrun is a genuinely nice person and a wonderful storyteller. 
At a conference once, he and I tried to get a bunch of other storytellers to tell the same story in their own way. The idea was, was to record it and then show how each different every teller is in what they do. But I think there was only Harvey and me. So that never worked. <laughs> Harvey opens his story about Judge Oka with a story of Solomon. The story of the judge from Japan, the variation of the story of the two women fighting over a baby we know from Solomon, is not a story I have heard before, which was delightful. And one I hope you will enjoy as much as I did hearing this for the first time. You may have heard of King Solomon the Wise and the story of two women who both claimed to be the mother of a baby. Solomon resolves the mystery by declaring that the only way to fairly decide was to cut the child in half and give each woman an equal share. As he pulls out his sword to divide the child, one of the women screams out and tells Solomon to give the child to the other woman. At this point, Solomon realizes that the woman who screamed out was the real mother. Only the true mother would be willing to give up their child rather than see him killed. Now in the early Japan, in the city of Edo, which we now call Tokyo, there was a judge as wise as Solomon. In fact, he never lost a case. His name was Oka. There was a time when two women came into his court with a baby boy, each claiming to be its mother. As usual, the courtroom was filled with spectators waiting for Judge Oka to make one of his famous decisions. But how was he to do that? Both women were new to the town, so there was no witness to attest as to which one was the true mother. Oka picked up the child and placed him on the ground between the two women assuming that the child would naturally crawl towards his real mother. But the child just sat there and cried and cried until Oka had to pick him up. The spectators all laughed at Oka's attempt, causing Oka's face to turn red from embarrassment. Oka then announced that he would again put the child between the two women, and each was to grab an arm and pull with all their strength. Clearly, the real mother would be given more strength to pull the baby to her side. Actually, though he said that, Oka knew that the real mother would release the child so the child wouldn't get hurt. Unfortunately for Oka, both women also knew the story of Solomon and realized it was a trick and wouldn't do it. Again, the spectators tittered to the embarrassment of Judge Oka. Oka called for his attendant. He asked for the attendant to go and get him some supplies. Oka asked for a fishbowl with goldfish in it, a handful of bamboo sticks, three pieces of wood, a magnifying glass, and a book on fortune-telling. The spectators were stunned. They had never seen Judge Oka act so strange. Could this be the first case that Judge Oka would lose? When all the supplies were placed before him, the judge addressed the courtroom. It appears that this case is one that I cannot resolve. So I intend to look into the future and see what becomes of the mother and the boy and thus determine what decision I made. 
Saying that, Oka began to do a number of things. He carefully watched the fishbowl and counted the bubbles that rose from the fish's mouths. He threw the bamboo sticks on a table and read what they foretold. He held the three pieces of wood close to his ear to hear what they had to tell him. He used the magnifying glass to read each woman's palms. And each time he did something, he would consult the book on fortune-telling. The women and the spectators were getting restless. When it was done, the judge called for silence in the court. I have used the best methods of foreseeing the future some twenty years from now, and have seen both the real mother and her son. I have checked the results a number of different ways, and each result has been verified and was the same. Therefore, it must be the truth. It appears that the boy had a terrible accident and is a helpless invalid. His mother works hard in the rice fields each day to make enough to support him. There was a gasp of horror in the courtroom from both women and the spectators. Oka looked at both of the women sorrowfully. And the woman I saw in my vision is... Stop, said one of the women. Don't call out my name. I expect my son to take care of me in my old age, not the other way around. I see, said Oka, and he turned to the other woman. And you? How do you feel? She replied, It doesn't matter to me what condition my son is in. I will work as hard as I can to provide for him, so that when I'm gone he will know I did what I could to support him. Oka looked at her and said, Then the boy truly is your son. For the other woman was only looking for someone to take care of her in her old age. You may take the child. Pleased with the result, she picked up the boy, and everyone began to leave when Oka called out, Stop! You have not heard the rest of the prophecy. I saw that the boy recovers from his injuries and becomes rich and famous. He lives in a big house with his mother, his wife, and their thirteen children for many, many years. Now the strange thing about this story is that twenty years later, all of this did come to pass. Everyone was surprised, except for the judge. After this occurred many a time, he had been heard to say, If I had not gone into law, I would probably have made an excellent fortune teller. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love and go and find Anne and Harvey on their websites where there is more of their work for you to explore. You can find Rachel, Anne and the podcast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Ann Harding. There you will find the visual candy from the fairy tale sponsor ads and other goodies. Me, I'm on Instagram at Simon M. Brooks and on Facebook and on my website, SimonBrooksStoryteller.com. The beautiful brains behind the fairy tale sponsor belong to Marcus If. Thank you for those seeds. The inspiration for the true fairy tale came from Laura Packer and her story seeds. Yay, Laura. And you can find Laura at laurapacker.com. She has some great stuff on her website. Check it out. 
Check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors and let me, Anne, or Isabel know a favourite story you have heard or the favourite stories from your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. Maybe one of us could record it for you. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Patrons like Sarah Dennis. We love Sarah Dennis. <sighs> if you would like to become a supporter of the podcast or discover sponsorship opportunities, you can find links on storystorypodcast.com. If it isn't in the cards to support the podcast right now, no worries. Perhaps you would be willing to go and write a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else where you might have found the podcast, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the podcast. What will you get if you become a Patreon supporter? Head over to the website and join the mailing list for hidden goodies, and when you tune in, you'll hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Please. Mary-Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.